How many of you are wired a little bit like me and you hate to wait? You might like that? Yes. Why is it that every slow driver in the world comes out when I'm going somewhere? And, and don't you hate it when they take up both lanes? You know, you got them side by side, you know, and it's like, would you just kind of get to the right? There's an Oklahoma law that says you have to do that. You know, um, I don't know. We just always seem to be in a hurry, but I, I don't like, I'm, I am just not a big believer in delayed gratification. You know what I'm saying? If I'm hungry, I want to eat now. If I'm going to get someplace, I want to be there now. That's just, that's just kind of, can, can you identify with that? As, and especially in waiting rooms. Have you ever gone to an appointment and, you know, you're there early for your appointment, but by the time you get to your appointment, I mean, by the time they call you, it's like way after your appointment. Does that make you crazy too? You know, I I love this. Throw that picture up on the screen. This is a young lady. Her name is Sarah Elizabeth. She lives in West Virginia. Uh, Two years ago, she showed up for her three o'clock appointment that she had with her doctor actually a few minutes early, got in, checked in. And uh, she was really happy because by 3.15, they called her back to the exam room. It, it's, the exam room is just another waiting room. You know what I'm saying? You go, you go to a, one waiting room, and then they take you to another waiting room where you have to wait, wait again. And she's in the exam room, and uh, she's waiting for her doctor to come in. And she waits, and she waits, and she waits. And she's thinking, it's taking them a really long time today. And she kind of waits and waits and waits. And finally, she kind of, you know, sitting there and all of a sudden she realizes that she's not hearing any outside noise at all in the hallways of the office. And she looks at her watch and she has been sitting there from 3.15, it's now 5.30. Two hours and 15 minutes she's been sitting in this exam room. And so she decides, you know, something's up. And so she goes out and she goes in the hallway, throw that next picture up. And she said, apparently, they don't check rooms before deciding to go home because everybody in the office was now gone. She goes out, and there's nobody. There's nobody in the, in, in the office at all. And uh, Sarah talks about the fact that she, she's walking through the office, and it's, it's just spookily, you know, kind of like the rapture happened, and you got left, you know, kind of thing or something. You know, it's just it's kind of crazy. It was just really freaked her out. She ended up going downstairs uh, to the security desk in this building and told him what happened. And the security guard just laughed and shook his head. He said, well, I've got the doctor's cell phone. Let me call him. And the doctor happened to still be in the building someplace else. And the, the doctor came back and said, I'll see you now, you know, kind of thing. And, and which she was really grateful. And you know, she said the doctor was real apologetic and it was really crazy. How many of you, this would make you nuts? Yeah. I, it just, it's just the kind of thing that happens. You go, this is it's absolutely crazy. But have you ever felt like this is kind of what goes on with God sometimes? Have you ever been in God's waiting room? You know what I'm saying? Where maybe, maybe you're praying for something. And, and, you, and you feel like God really wants to answer that prayer, but yet he doesn't. He doesn't get around to it. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you're, 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 you have a promise that you feel like God has given you, and, and you keep claiming that promise and claiming that promise, but it just doesn't seem to happen. Or maybe it's a calling. Maybe you felt God nudging your heart that he wants to do something specifically with you. And you keep waiting on, God, what is that? When are you going to get around to this? And it just, it just never seems to come. 
Or maybe a lot of you can identify with this. Or maybe you're going through a, a, a real trial. You know, you're going through a real time of testing, a time of struggle. And it just seems like, you know, when you're going, when you're going through problems, it seems like time stands still. You know, and you're never going to get on the other side of this. And God, what is going on? Well, that's, that's what I want to talk about uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, I want to talk about being in God's waiting room. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, Salvador's going to be preaching again, and he's going he's to talk about waiting with hope and how we can have hope when we wait. Next week, I want to talk to you about how not to wait, because some of us have this down. I want to I talk about what, what not to do when, when we're waiting. But today, I, I want to talk about this idea, what's taking God so long? You know, I, I want to, as, as I sat down and just kind of worked through this series, I began to think, what are the reasons why God makes us wait sometime? And, and I thought of several. I'm only going to give you four today, but there, there are several. And maybe, maybe this will just help you realize what God might be up to. Are you ready? I want you to take your sermon outline out. Let's look at the passage of Scripture, the prophet Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 1. This may not be a, a book you've read recently. Habakkuk, I love that name. Habakkuk, say that quickly three times. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, yeah. It's just, that's a great name. Uh, I, want, I want to look at this, this, the prophet Habakkuk voices, I think, some things that many of us feel sometimes because uh, the, the country of Israel is falling apart. I mean, it's just going, going crazy and he's just like, God, what are you up to? This is not at all what we're supposed to be. Got all kinds of stuff. Now, look at what he says. <laughs> he says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all of this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence, and I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. How many of you can identify with that? I'm just surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. He says, the law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Doesn't this sound like current events, you know? And then he says, the Lord replied. Now I want you to listen. Listen to what God says to Habakkuk. He says, look around at the nations. I want you to look and be amazed. Read it out loud with me. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Can you imagine, Habakkuk's trying to figure out what in the world God's up to and what's going on. Can you imagine if God sent someone to Habakkuk and, and, and they told him something like this? Habakkuk, uh, by the way, what you need to know is God's going to have the nation of Babylon come in and take you guys all captive and put you away for 70 years. And then God's going to use another pagan king to set you free and bring you back and, and rebuild. Can you imagine Habakkuk trying to wrap his mind around that what God was up to was going to be taking Judah, all of, all of Judah and Israel through this time of, of, of replenishing through being held captive by evil nations. He, he would have never begun to imagine that. Now, I want you to just grab this. Sometimes what God is up to is just hard to figure out. And sometimes, frankly, when our time of waiting, we're, we're never quite sure. But I want to give you at least a few ideas 
Because I want your heart and mind in this waiting room just to be open to what God might be doing. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a few of them. I'm going to give to you pretty quick. Here's the first one. What, what's taking God so long? Well, maybe God is building our character and or our faith. Maybe God is building our character and or our faith. How many of you, in just your moment of really wanting to draw close to God, how many of you have ever prayed a prayer like, Lord, I, I want you to make me a man of God. I want you to make me a woman of God. I want you to make me a person of faith. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that? Yeah. How do you think God does that? Do you know what you're asking for? Yeah. How do you think God shapes your character? How do you think he instills faith in you? You know, do you think you just kneel in a time of prayer and God goes, zap, you got character, you know, or zap, you got faith. That's what we think happens. But what God takes us, God takes us through this time of testing. Look, look at how Paul puts it. Paul says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are, what church? Good for us. Circle that on your outline. They are good for us. How many of you had a problem or trial this week and you went, woohoo, a trial and problem? Yeah. This is good for me, baby. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Any crazy people do? Yeah. It says they help us to learn to be patient. Read it with me. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Maybe, just maybe, your waiting room is about God answering your deep heart prayer to become more of a man or woman of God. You know, interesting, Joseph had a dream when he was 17 years old. And this dream was that God was going to make him into a great leader. You remember that in, in, in Genesis? And, and so Joseph shares this dream with his, his dad and, and his brothers. And what happened? His family turns on him. And Joseph gets taken captive by his brothers, thrown into a cistern, and then eventually sold into slavery. He ends up in Egypt, where he gets sold as a house slave to a guy named Pontifer. And God still stays with him, and he gets to be the highest slave in the house, and he's doing a great job. And then Pontifer's wife starts hitting on him, and he won't respond to her advances. And so she lies about him, and he gets thrown in prison for doing something right. And then he, he interprets a dream for uh, a, a couple of guys and, and they promise to share that with the Pharaoh and help get him out, but they forget all about him. And so he stays longer in prison until finally they remember and they say something to Pharaoh. Pharaoh brings Joseph out of prison. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh makes him number two in command in the entire country of Egypt. It was, are you ready? 13 years 13 years from when he was 17, when he had the dream, to when he was 30, when he actually, that dream was fulfilled. Now, don't you think that when Joseph was at the bottom of that cistern thinking his brothers was going to kill him, he, he might have looked up to heaven and said, God, I don't think this was what you had in mind, was it? You know, Or when he got sold into slavery or, or, or when he got thrown into jail. You see, all of this stuff, what happened for Joseph? Think this thought with me. Do you think Joseph would have really been ready 
Do you think he would have been the man of character and the man of faith at 17 to lead a country? Of course not. What happened? 13 years, God was refining what was inside of Joseph so at the appointed time, God could use him. Does this make sense to you? Now, I, I know most of you in this room, you're already there. You're already perfect. You've got it all together. But for the rest of us, sometimes the waiting room is actually a weight room that God uses. Throw that picture up on the screen. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes God uses the waiting room to shape our muscles. Now, we're going to do a little object lesson. I want everybody to get on the floor. We're going to do 15 push-ups this morning. No, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Sometimes the weight room is a weight room. Are you with me? Second thought I want to give you today is this. Sometimes what my God may be up to is there, there may be pieces that God is putting into place. There may be pieces that God is putting into place. Now, I know this is going to be brand new news to some of you, but it's not always about you. <laughs> Turn to the person you're sitting beside. Help them out. Just say, it's not always about you. Yeah, yeah, help. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and this is so funny because, look, come on, let's be honest. We become so egocentric in our prayers that, that we think that this whole world revolves around us and it doesn't. Sometimes God is up to a lot of stuff out here around us that we just need to be aware of. <clears throat> now look at the passage of Scripture. Paul says in Romans 5, 6, he says, you see, what's the next words? At just the right time, circle that, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. I love, I love Ecclesiastes 3.11. Read it with me, church. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Now, how many of you who have journeyed on this road of faith for a while have come to understand God has an impeccable sense of timing? Have you, have you discovered that yet? Yeah, he does. And sometimes he's doing stuff that you're not aware of. I want you to think this thought with me. This is so amazing. You love how there's a few different times in the New Testament that talks about how Jesus came at just the right time. Have you ever thought about why that is? You know, I mean, it was what, 4,000 years since God gave the covenant till the time Christ came. Why, why did he come then? Well, think this thought with me for a second. When Christ came, Rome ruled the known world at that time. And so the, 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 the entire, all these countries that had, had been separated, had their own forms of government, now we're, now we're under one, one form of government. And because they were under this one country, they developed a common language, what we know as Koine Greek, common Greek. And so this one language was now being spoke everywhere. So, so think with me, if you're going to launch the gospel, wouldn't it be cool to do it at a time when this common language is being spoken everywhere? Not only that, but Rome, <coughs> being the country that they were, they, they built all of these roads to all of these other countries. In fact, you can go over to Europe now, you can go to places and walk on the roads that Rome actually built way back then. 
And so now, think this with me. The, the gospel comes to the disciples. The, the, the people of God get scattered. They're walking on the roads that Rome built for them. So you've got all these trade routes, all these roads. You've got this common language. You've got the protection of the, of the government. That There was a time from about 27 B.C. till 180-some A.D. that there was this great time of peace because Rome ruled everywhere, which allowed 200 years for the gospel to go forth. To, to really take root. Think about this. It was shortly after the time of Christ that the world's population started to boom. And so it came at a time when the gospel could be spread, the roots could be established. And then in 6 BC, Caesar Augustus, thinking he was acting on his own accord, decided he was going to call for a census. And so Mary and Joseph had to make their way to Bethlehem. And that began hundreds of prophecies being fulfilled going forward. Look at me. God knows exactly what he's doing. Amen. Pastor Steve, why am I in the waiting room? Well, you know, I can't tell you exactly, but sometimes God's just up to some other stuff. Let me give you a third one, and this one's going to hurt a little bit. Sometimes God has a different answer than what we're asking for. Sometimes God has a different answer than what we're asking for. How many of you have ever prayed for something and God said no? Ever had that? He does say no. How many of you have ever said no to your kids? Yeah. How many of you want to confess you didn't do it nearly enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, can't say no to our grandkids, but we will say no to our kids. <laughs> Yeah, and God, because God is a loving father, he sometimes says no to us. But sometimes, sometimes God doesn't necessarily say no. He says, I've got a better idea. And we get frustrated with that because we think we're smart and we can figure this out and we forget God's a little smarter and he knows stuff that we don't know. So while um, Aaron Rohr, who's our, our children's pastor now, uh, with sharing and staff, she was talking about just some of her and her husband Kevin's journey. And she's talking about when, when they were in Mississippi, they were really just kind of floundering, just trying to figure out, God, what are you up to? Well, what are you doing? And, uh, and they, they couldn't get quite get a handle on it. Then they got an opportunity to, to come work for Mid-America Christian University. And Kevin had, had a job offer, and they, they came to Oklahoma City, and, and they thought, okay, this, maybe this is what God wants to do, and this is going to be Kevin's new place. And they kind of got settled in here. And about a year after Kevin took that job, uh, they went through a, a big, the school went through a big time of transition, and Kevin was laid off. He lost his job. And now, again, any of you have been through this, you're like, okay, we just moved a thousand miles from home. God, what's up? You know, what, what are you doing? And Aaron was talking about how, you know, she ended up getting into uh, real estate, and which was a, a great thing for her. But Kevin was trying to figure out what God was up to. And you know what? He, he finally answered an, an, an ad and took a job as a hospice chaplain. And you know what? It was a perfect fit. 
Kevin said, man, of, of all the things I ever did, this, was, this, this one fit exactly how I'm wired. And he has flourished in that job. He's just flourished. He's done so well. In fact, he's working now on his master's in social work to even do that job at, at a higher level. And it's like, of all the things that he could have done, God knew exactly where Kevin needed to be. He just needed a bridge to get him to Oklahoma City to get there. Does this make sense to you? And, and they, again, they, they were wondering, you know, God, have you, have, you, have you just abandoned us here? No, he got Kevin to exactly where Kevin needed to be. Then he got Aaron on our staff exactly where she needed to be. Sometimes God's answer isn't the answer you're looking for. But God knows. Uh, I always love uh, the great Tom Landry. <laughs> Tom Landry, coach from the Dallas Cowboys from years ago, he said, you know, I make men do what they don't want to do so they can become what they've always wanted to be, you know? And that's what God does. He gets us to where we need to be. That's why I love these passages as we're taught to pray. Matthew 6.10, Jesus said this. Read it with me. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First John 5, listen to what John says. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask him anything, read it with me, according to his will, he hears us. Now, why is it so important that we pray, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done? What's that prayer all about? That is a humble acknowledge, God, you're much smarter than me. You are sovereign. You are Lord. You know what I do not know. I surrender to your will. Sometimes, maybe while you're in the waiting room, it's because God has a different answer than the one you're asking for. Can I give you one more? Sometimes in the waiting room, what God's really trying to do is to, to draw us closer to himself. He's trying to draw us closer to himself. Now, this is, look at me. The waiting room is a dangerous place. Because I can tell you what happens in the waiting room is the enemy starts playing mind games with you. And he starts telling you that God has forgotten you. That God has abandoned you. That God doesn't really answer prayer. That God really didn't make that promise. He starts in all this lies and deception because he, he wants you to start pulling away from God. But what God wants in that waiting room is for you to draw near. Does that make sense to you? He wants you to draw near, especially when you're going through a, a time of trouble or a time of struggle. You know, sometimes when, it, when it's hard and we can't figure out why we're not getting any relief, we're going, God, you know, can't you do something about this? We can get mad at God and we can kind of start pulling away from God. But look, look at what Jesus says. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Read it out loud with me. <clears throat> Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And I love it. Luke 18.1. Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. Read it with me. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Now, why did Jesus tell them to always pray and never give up? Do you, did he, was he trying to tell them that God's hard of hearing? 
or the guy's hard, you know, just hard-hearted and, and they've got to kind of break through all of that or, or it's the many repetitions. No, 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 don't miss this. You see, when we pray, when we lean into God, we draw near to God. Jesus said, just keep praying and praying and praying. Why? Because you draw near to God. And James says, when we draw near to God, what does God do? He draws near to us. You see, the enemy wants to create a divide. And sometimes, don't miss this, sometimes this waiting room is about nothing else other than God really wanting you to come closer than you've ever been. Um, you know, my, my good buddy, Kevin Gunter, uh, went through a really hard year last year. And, and he had several months when he was dealing with stuff physically and they, they couldn't figure out what world was going on with him and he was losing weight and he was having all of these struggles and challenges and and we were praying for Kevin and praying for Kevin and praying for Kevin it was so interesting one day when Kevin was in the office and he and I were talking and we were praying together and it was just it was just so interesting how Kevin said you know Steve I've drawn closer to God than I've ever been you know during this time can't do a whole lot of other things that I used to be able to do, but, but man, I've been, in, I've been in the Word, and I've been close to God with prayer, and man, I just feel so near to Him. Are, are you getting this? And you do understand that that's what God wants from us more than anything else. He wants us to be near to Him. That's why I put this statement on your outline. Sometimes we get so focused on what we want from God, we forget that what he mostly wants is just us. I'm going to suggest to you that sometimes our waiting room is about the fact that we've grown either distant or cold or apathetic in our relationship with God. And God makes, makes us pause. And he says, come near. I, I know you want all this stuff. I know you're wanting to do all these things. But I need you to draw near to me. Are you in the waiting room? I, I don't know why you're there. I, I don't know what you may be going through. But I do know this, God has not forgotten you and God has not abandoned you. I'm, I'm gonna invite my prayer partners, you guys. Would you guys come on up and, and just join me here at the front? Jordan, why don't you go ahead right over here, bud? Yeah, thank you. I don't know what you may be walking through, but look at me, you're not alone. I, I would venture to say that probably most of us, if I asked for a show of hands, would say, man, I'm either in the waiting room or just coming out of it. I, I know what it's like. And today, we, we just want to lift you in prayer. After we sing this song for you a couple times, I'm going to pray a prayer for us. But there may be some of you who just want someone to pray with you about what you're going through, what you're facing, or what you're dealing with. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. 
And, and this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity while we sing this song, this beautiful song from 1 Peter 5, 7 that says, cast all of your cares upon the Lord because he cares about you. We're going to sing this through a couple of times. If you would like someone to pray with you, our prayer partners are here at the front. They would just count on the privilege to lift you up in prayer. So while we're singing, you feel free to come, sit with, stand with one of them there. They'll be happy to pray with you. After we've sung the chorus through a couple of times, I'll pray for us all. Father, over and over again in the Psalms, the psalmist wrote, wait patiently for the Lord. He's our strength, our shield. Over and over again, it reminds us that you don't always work at the snap of a finger. You don't always jump when we say jump. You don't always act when we want you to act. You don't always do things the way we want them to be done and in the timing that we want them done in. But Lord, you have a plan. You have a purpose. And what I know this morning is if, if we find ourselves in your waiting room, it is not without reason. There's a purpose for our being here. We don't always know what that is. Maybe it's one of the reasons we shared this morning. Maybe it's something else altogether. Sometimes it's kind of like you told Habakkuk. It, we wouldn't understand it even if somebody explained it to us. But Lord, here's what we want you to know today. We we trust your heart. Father, I, I want to lift up everyone in this room, everyone watching online who are in that waiting room today. Lord, I pray your hand upon their shoulder. I know that there are some who are discouraged. There are some who are angry with you. There, there are some who are frustrated. There are some, Lord, who have just maybe grown cold and apathetic. But Father, today, would you, would you just sit down beside us would you just remind us that you haven't left us, you haven't abandoned us, you haven't just tossed us aside. You know exactly what you're doing and you know exactly when you're going to do it. Father, I pray that you would teach us the power of waiting patiently upon you. Lord, if there are parts of our character you're trying to develop, if there is faith that you're trying to muster in us. Have your way. If there are other answers that you're wanting to give us that we're not seeing, Lord, open our minds and our hearts and help us to understand. But Father, above all else, would you not let this be a time where the enemy drives a wedge between us and you. Instead, would you let this waiting room be a time when we draw near. Ah, strengthen us, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds. Wrap your loving arms around us. Hold us close. These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen.